Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. We're in a series called The Fruit of the Spirit. We haven't hit Galatians 5 where it actually talks about the fruit of the Spirit and mentions uh, nine of them. We haven't even gotten there yet. And uh, this is number three in the series. I've got some favorite fruits. I don't know about you, whether you've got a favorite. I kind of, uh, a few hands going up, I think one of my favorites is in season at the moment. It's mangoes. And when, when mango season hits, especially where we live, we're not in quite the tropics, but uh, in a subtropical climate and then further north from here, uh, there are the best mangoes, I think, in the world. And if you're a mango lover, then you know this is the season where you get excited because mangoes come down in price. Uh, I was talking with somebody from Japan, and they pay like $100 for a mango, like and even more, uh, uh, which I think is amazing. One of our uh, friends who's Japanese could not believe how cheap mangoes are. And uh, he, he only had mangoes like a very few times in his life, and now he's eating them every day. It's like, this is amazing. I'm in mango heaven. And uh, so I said, well, just indulge yourself. But I like strawberries. I like blueberries. I like pineapples. I like apples. I I like a lot of fruit. But one thing that I don't like is fruit with seeds in it. I just don't like, I love watermelon, but you can have all the seeds. Spitting out seeds. It's kind of, it can be a sport though, you know, if you get somebody in the room and uh, you think, oh, okay, this is going to be a bit of fun. Got a mouthful of seeds and, you know, never mind. It's not very dignified to do that. I know that. Uh, same thing with oranges. So what have they done? They've invented fruit with no seeds. Seedless fruit. There's a problem with that because there's two main purposes with fruit. One of them is produce. Fruit is to nourish, and fruit feeds people. And and that's fantastic because we like to eat the fruit but spit out the seeds. But the other purpose of fruit is for reproduce or reproduction. Produce and reproduce. If the fruit doesn't have a seed, well, then you're not going to get any more fruit because it has to multiply the vine, the tree, whatever it is that it's growing. It has to multiply or you've just got one, one fruit for each person or something and, a, and one tree isn't going to feed a whole nation. So God has an incredible plan, not just for produce or feeding and nourishing you through fruit, but reproducing that fruit so that a multitude of people in the nation's can be fed his goodness. Now, fruit is a metaphor, but it's a great metaphor. I love God's metaphors. Jesus talks all the time in parables and metaphors, and and they go deep. And and when you get into them, it's like, wow, I didn't see that before. Wow, that's incredible. You want more. And I love that about God's Word. In Genesis chapter uh, 1, I think it's chapter 1. Let me just have a look here. uh, Where he's talking about Genesis 1.29, listen to this. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant, (laughs) not seedless, on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. No, God, not with seed in it. 
Why did you do seedless fruit? Seed-bearing. Seed-bearing fruit. Every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit <laughs> with seed in it. <laughs> and they will be yours for food. Something about seed-bearing fruit that's incredible because the fruit itself attracts the carrier of the seed. Well, let me just break that down. I don't know if you've noticed like flying foxes or, or birds. Uh, they, they'll come because of the fruit, but when they get the fruit, they get the seed, and then they take that seed all over the place, and indirectly they plant that. And because of that, we get more plants, and because, because of more plants and more trees, we get more fruit. And that's the way that God works. Produce and reproduce. Uh, think about for a moment your favorite fruit. And again, mine, one of mine is, is mangoes. But that big seed in the middle is a problem. Now, I can't, I'm allergic actually to the skin of the mango. So I used to just cut the mango down and then it's like, I don't need to slice and dice it and be uh, a surgeon with the whole thing. I'm just going to cut it, and then I'm just going to ah, get my face planted in the mango. Uh, but the trouble is I break out like a teenager. I get like highs, and it's like I look like I'm 13 again, which is a great way to turn back time if you're looking for something like that. Uh, but the seed is a problem, and the seed in most Fruit seems to be a problem. You've got to get around the seed. But without the seed, there's no reproduction. God gives you something that he wants reproduced. Now, God's seed, his word, needs to get planted in your heart. That's the soil that God wants to plant that seed in. And as we look, about, as we look at fruit, we have to realize that everything reproduces after its own kind. So that's called the law of Genesis. In other words... Mangoes, uh, a mango tree is not going to produce apples. It's not going to produce avocados. It's definitely not going to produce watermelon. A mango tree and a mango seed, that a tree that comes out of that seed, is going to produce one thing. It's going to produce mangoes. Apple trees produce apples. Orange trees produce only oranges. They don't produce any other kind of fruit. And God has a selection of fruit or an outcome of character that he wants in each one of us that will produce nine fruit that are mentioned in the book of, uh, of Galatians, in the letter of Galatians. Now, we're not going to go into that in depth, but uh, love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, uh, patience, all, all of these things, long-suffering, these are, these are the fruit of the Spirit of God. There's one thing that we need to make a note of. These are the fruit of the Spirit of God. Not your own life, not your own works, not your own self-effort, not your endeavor to somehow produce kindness and love and your own strength. They are God's fruit, and they are God producing that fruit. It says that I, he, Jesus said this. He said, on the vine, you're the branches. So you bear the fruit that God wants for you, that God, it's God's fruit working through you. The seed comes from God. The fruit comes from God. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And God, God 
this is amazing because God doesn't just give you peace, for instance. Oh, yeah, he's going to give you some peace. I want you to get this. God doesn't just give you peace. He gives you his peace. He said to the disciples, peace I give unto you, but not the peace that the world gives. My peace I give unto you. God doesn't just give you righteousness. In other words, the ability of right standing to stand upright before him. It's not because of your self-effort that you're going to stand in the presence of God. He doesn't give you just righteousness. He gives you his righteousness. He exchanges your works, your righteousness, your attempt to be right with God. He says this in Isaiah, he says, that's filthy rags. I don't give you that. I give you my righteousness. How, how righteous is God? He's <laughs> perfectly upright. That's the great exchange in Christianity. That's the exchange that happens at the, at the cross. So how can I live a large and fruitful life? And that's the journey that we're on. Now, last week we looked at the first way to do that, and we'll just touch that on that again this morning. So John chapter 15, and uh, 1 and 2. Jesus talking, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. The first thing we need to realize, if we're going to bear more fruit and large and beautiful fruit for God, God's fruit, we need to let him prune us. God, remove what isn't bearing fruit. His uh, disciple, he disciplines us to, to, to prune the branches. Now, we looked at that last week, and I encourage you to go over to, to, we won't go there this morning, but Hebrews chapter 12 talks about the fathers of your flesh. They discipline you. My dad uh, had size 13 shoes with steel tips and steel toes for the factory at Ford Motor. And uh, if I really played up, or my brothers, he disciplined us. He, he, the fathers of your flesh, it says, discipline you, how? In your flesh. And my dad disciplined me in the big part of my flesh. And he would just give me a, a nice kick. And it was, he, I think my dad should have played AFL or something like that because I'd go flying. It hurt really bad. And it was basically, don't do it again. Remember this. <laughs> yes, I'll never forget it. Now, I don't recommend anybody does that to the kids. It's a form of child abuse. Dear old dad's dead now, so God bless him. But Second uh, Timothy 3.16 says this. It says, all Scripture is God-breathed. So how does God discipline us? If, the, if our fathers of our flesh discipline us in our flesh, the father of spirits in Hebrews 12 calls God. How do you think God's God, uh, the Father of spirits, would discipline us, 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for what? For teaching, rebuking, correcting, another translation says discipline, and training in righteousness. Have you ever been disciplined by God? I hope so. And, and when you're a branch and you're connected to the vine, the only true vine, then the Spirit of God will speak to you, and he will tell you there's a couple areas, probably more than a couple, that you need to pick it up in, that you need to 
make some corrections and I need to prune some things in your life. And he does that in our spirit, not in our flesh. He's not running around causing us to get cancer, you know, to discipline us or killing us uh, to discipline us. No, no father does that. And God, our father, he speaks to you. He wants to speak to you deep in your heart so that you can realize he wants to cut some things off or I'll put it this way. He wants to unrestrict some of his flow that's coming out of him, the vine, into the branches. Often it's just a blockage. Often the reason that we don't bear more fruit is quite simply because there's blockages in us, the branch, that's causing the flow to not flow freely from the Spirit of God. Things like offenses, unforgiveness, of course, other sin in your life, things that have distracted you. And, and, and God wants those things to, to be broken through. It's a lot like arteries and uh, vessels in, in your body. If, the, if there's blockages, you know, in your heart, for instance, then your, your heart's, uh, you're not going to breathe well. You're not going to be able to exercise very much. Uh, somehow that either gets blocked or bypassed or something uh, so that the life flow can flow. That's what God does. So he's pruning, and, and don't despise that, it says in Hebrews. Don't, don't get angry when God starts to prune. When God speaks into your life, don't get upset about it. Rejoice. Be encouraged by it. It means that you're a son or a daughter of God because he doesn't do that to those that aren't sons and daughters. Now notice this, and it says, I am the true vine. <laughs> that means that there are some other vines that we can be connected to as branches. Jesus said, I'm the true vine. But there are other things that you can connect yourself to that look like they're going to bear fruit in your life. They are vines, but they're not the true vine. The only true vine is Jesus. If you're not connected to him, you might be connected to a vine, but it's not the true vine. So there are vines that offer you money and pleasure, and there are vines that will allow you to go deep into uh, offenses and despair and discouragement, all the diswords to distance you away from the, the true vine, and you can graft yourself into them. And he says, no, I'm the true vine. Connect with me. The second thing that to, uh, to live a large and fruitful life, point number two, stay connected to Christ. Stay connected. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, has been with you. This is in John 14, but he shall be in you. He says, when I go away, I'm going to send you another comforter, alas, another, not heteros, which is a, another of, of a different kind. He uses the word alas in the Greek language, which, which means another of the same kind. I'm sending you another helper. He shall be with you. He shall never leave you. He shall never forsake you. He's talking about the Spirit, His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. I want to send you your own personal comforter, guide, helper, the Holy Spirit to flow from the vine through your branches, and He'll guide you and lead you in all truth. So John 15 and verse 4, now let's read that. Number two, stay connected now. Number one, let him remove things in your life that aren't bearing fruit. Number two, stay connected to Christ. John 15, 4 and 5. Remain. 
Now that word remains means this. It means stay or abide. Come on, stay a while. Don't, don't rush off. Have you ever been over somebody's house and it's like, you think, oh, I better get going here. I've been here for an hour or whatever. No, nah, sit down, relax. We're about to have some coffee and more bickies or whatever. The conversation's going well. Let's, what's the hurry? Don't rush off. And he says, abide, stay, remain in me as I also remain or stay or abide in you. What's he talking about? He's talking about having fellowship with him. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain, stay connected in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. In other words, if you're grafted or attached to another vine that isn't Jesus, then you really, your whole life and everything you're doing, it really amounts to nothing in the end. It looks like something, but then it amounts to absolutely nothing. We're branches to one vine, not many vines. Now, if you don't love your fellow believer, then there's a breakage, a blockage, if you will, or you're not connected to the vine. You cannot behave like that and say, well, I'm, I'm following Jesus. No, you're following something. You're connected to something, but it's not him. Because he says the one that doesn't love his fellow believer is attached to something different. There's a lot that can block like I said, offenses and, and all of those things. And there's a lot of vines, the vine of religion, the vine of self-help. This fruit that we're talking about is not some self-help job. You go, oh, yeah, that's going to be, I'm going to be a better person because of, you know, this is what the reason so I can just be a, a better version of, no, that's not the purpose of it. That's not the fruit. The fruit is his fruit. It's not even your fruit. That's the amazing part about it. And the Holy Spirit flows through the branches that are connected to the, the true vine. Independence is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, John 15, we'll read on, John 15, 6 and 7. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, this is amazing, this next bit here. It gives us the condition, if. This is conditional. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. So there's this flow going on here. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Everybody say, wow. That is a big wow. I can remember as a new Christian, I didn't get it, and it wasn't taught all that much. This was taken out of context, and it became a, just go to God, ask whatever you want, and he's going to give it to you, kind of like God the magic genie. You know, rub the thing, out he comes, what, what can I do for you? Ask whatever you want. And I remember being in a Bible study led by 
guy that was an airlines pilot. He's pretty popular in the church we were at at the time. My friend uh, Jim Gannon and myself uh, attended the same church. <laughs> we're in this small group, and uh, this guy goes, uh, I want you all to believe with me, based on the scripture, that I'm going to become a millionaire. And I want a million bucks. I'm like, wow, I want in on this too. Deal me in, man. This is incredible. Like, wow. <laughs> and so the guy worked for the U.S. Postal Service. And I thought, well, that's going to be a miracle because I don't think they pay that much, especially way back then. And uh, so I was like, yeah, let's do this. You know, power of agreement. We're going to believe you're going to get your million bucks. And anybody else want in on this too? Yeah, my hand went up. You betcha. <laughs> and, uh, it wasn't until later I started to grow and I realized that's not what this is saying at all. If you're connected to him, his word is flowing through you. And, and you know his deepest desires because you're abiding in him and he in you. You're spending time with him. If you, if you have a vision and he says, I, I, I need you to believe for more money to, to go to wherever it is on the planet to reach these people, I'm sending you over there and, and you're going to need a million dollars by all means. But just so you can just spend it on you, get a bigger car, a bigger house, and, and God's like the genie and he's got to answer this thing. No, it doesn't work that way. So my friend Jim and myself, we, uh, we lived in California at the time, and we used to go to a place called Imperial Beach. And we got together, and we decided, hey, this is such a cool thing that God's given us a blank check, and that's pretty well what was taught. Uh, the teaching was, God has given you a blank check. Fill it in. So whatever you want. And, and so we thought, okay, we'll start with a personal appearance from Jesus. So we got, we got together, went down to Imperial Beach, and uh, prayed together that God would personally show up, that he was going to walk on the waves, toward, come towards us. We're down there. That's it. We're going to meet with Jesus physically, because we've asked it now. And it looked pretty good. I mean, why wouldn't God just walk on water and meet with you? Why wouldn't God just do what you want God to do? Well... For one reason, because he's God, I think he kind of does what he wants to do, and it's better for you to find out what God wants to do when you're abiding in him, and then you'll ask what God wants, not what you want to prove something. So we asked so that we could basically show, he could, he could prove himself to us, and then we were going to follow him once he appeared to us. Doesn't work that, faith doesn't work that way. I don't know if you've been walking with him long enough, but you realize that's not a blank check for you just to ask whatever you want. It's to get in line with what he wants and to hear his heart and let his word flow through you. And when you're doing that, when you're in sync with him, then yes, ask whatever you want because your desires are his desires and he will give you the desires of your heart, both the desire itself and the outcome of that. So we're both sitting there drinking quite a few beer, I might add, watching the waves, looking for Jesus. And then we decided, well, why don't you go that way down the beach and I'll go that way down the beach. And maybe, he, maybe, maybe there's a short circuit here. Your faith might be cutting my faith out or you know, something like that. And so we walked separate ways. We agreed what time we we're going to meet back at that, that particular point. 
and, um, and see what happens. So I remember, I don't know if it was 20 minutes, a half an hour walking one way down Imperial Beach, and you know, my friend went the other way, turn around, come back some distance. I'm looking at my friend. It's like, did he appear to you? And he's going, he looks at me, and I went, no. <laughs> what a bummer. So we just sat down, drank the rest of the beer before we went home. And uh, very, very discouraged, I might add. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. No, you got to stay connected. Abide in me, stay in me, spend time, fellowship, learn my ways, let me be in you. And then, he says it, you will ask whatever you want, whatever you wish, and it will be done for you, but your wish is his wish. Number three, so number one is let God separate those things that don't produce fruit. Let him prune you, in other words. Number two, come on, stay connected to Christ. Abide in him. That's called prayer. It's called fellowship with, with God. You're already in relationship with God because you're, you're a branch that's connected with the vine. But if you want to bear fruit, spend time hanging out with God. Pretty soon your thoughts become his thoughts, become your thoughts. Pretty soon you have this incredible fellowship together. You know what to ask and what not to ask. He gives you that desire. Number three, live to glorify God. <laughs> Listen to this, John 15, 8. And, and verse 16, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Not your glory. It's not about you looking good. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Now, how much is much fruit? Well, I think if God liked mangoes and God wanted some mangoes, I think they would be pretty big mangoes and pretty juicy and pretty sweet mangoes. And I think there'd be more than enough for everybody that wanted some mangoes. I picture like a big truck full of fruit and, and, and that fruit is like dumping my way. He wants so much fruit that the nations can get fed and that the seed within the fruit can produce a whole bunch more vines and trees all over the planet to bless people because the purpose of it is to feed people. The fruit feeds, the fruit nourishments, and it reproduces. Now, it's interesting because the word for glory is weight. You can feel how heavy it is, how the weightiness of it. And, and, and God wants fruit that will give the Father glory. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, the glory, the weight, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And why? And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last so that whatever, here he goes again, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give it, will give you. Isn't that incredible? There's conditions on that, but it's still a promise. You can still take that one to the bank, but it's not a blank check to behave however you want, ask whatever you want for your own desires. The Bible says this. It says you, 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 you have not because you ask not, but you ask and have not because you desire to spend it on your lusts. I've asked God for a lot of things that God didn't want me to have, quite frankly. 
But I know when I abide in him, and I know his thought life and his thoughts are, are flowing through me because I'm in his word, then I don't miss it. It's like, okay, I get that. You want me to ask for more? Ask of me and I'll give you the nation. That's why the vision of this church is to grace the nations. Oh, that's a bit, that's a bit far-fetched. No, it's his desire. I remember where I was when he gave that to me. Uh, originally, it was uh, empower people to prosper. My whole mission is just going to make people, pro- they, they empower them so they can prosper. God says, not big enough. That's an individual thing. I want you to go higher. This is a corporate thing. So grace the nations. Grace is God's divine enablement to do what you can't do. God wants his hand. The number for grace is five, like the five fingers of the five-fold ministry of God wants to reach out and, and bless the nations. It's never changed. God wants to bless the nations through the fruit that grows off of the vine through the branches. He wants to touch the nations of this world and feed the nations the word of God and transform and change things from despair and discouragement and anger problems and poverty and lust. He wants, he wants fruit, goodness, gentleness, kindness, meekness, patience, love to flow into the nations of this world because they are desperately hungry for something and it's God's church that's going to do that. You can tell I'm passionate about this. So how's God going to do it? He's going to raise generations right here and all over the place to go and reach these nations. See, fruit isn't about you. You produce his fruit. It's not your fruit. It's his fruit through you. So how weighty is your life? How much glory is God getting through the fruit that's growing off of you, the branch? Well, the answer to that is, how much weight does your testimony have? In other words, when people look at your life, do they see love, joy, peace? We'll get into all of these probably start next week in Galatians 5. But then while people are watching you, your testimony isn't getting a bullhorn out yelling at people who are going to go to hell. Why? Your testimony is what they see in you. If you don't have the fruit of God, the fruit of the Spirit, if you don't love people, you can tell them whatever you want. You're a false prophet. And they're looking at it going, ha, yeah, I could tell you're following something, but man, if that's the God that you're following, you're asking me to follow him, I'm not doing it. Because look at you, are angry all the time. You got no patience. What's the best fruit? It's the fruit that somebody needs at the time. So if somebody's lost, what do they need? They need a lot of love. They need a lot of kindness, a lot of patience, because they don't know what you know. It's hard because once we are following Jesus for, for a length of time and we're in church, we kind of figure it out. We, you know, everybody's an expert on church because they go to church. <laughs> yes, I've attended for 50 years. Okay, you know a lot about a lot of stuff. Big deal. Pray and obey and abide and let God do something so that there's fruit coming out, so that his fruit is unrestricted, flowing through you, the branch, his fruit, so that people that need it. I remember I was in Christchurch uh, a few years back, and 
the, I preached at a church there, and they had a picnic. We went out, out outdoors, and we were eating. And I'm looking over there, and there's this older guy sitting on a park bench, and he was chain-smoking. Just once, he, he'd finish one cigarette, light the next one up. I'm watching him, and he's tossing like he's, he's just so nervous. And I said to the pastors that I was with, I said, do you mind if, if I go and just see this guy? I don't know. Like they were quite, they didn't notice him. And so I walked over there, sat next to him on the park bench. And I said, sir, you are, you're stressed and anxious about something. And I said, what is it? And he looked at me like, man, like, wow, nobody ever does that. And I said to him, he says, what is it that you're anxious about? Because I'm a person of prayer. And he goes, well, I lost my job. I worked at the same place doing laundry at a big hotel. And I've had this job for I forget how many years, he said, but it was like a long time, 15, 20 years or something. He says, I'm out of work and I'm old. I've never been out of work before. I don't have a job. He says, I'm about to go for an, on an interview. And he pointed at the building and he, he's just petrified. Now, what did he need at the time? He needed some fruit. He needed the fruit of the Spirit. He needed not my fruit that I conjure up. He needed fruit from God that would flow through a branch to, to, to say, here, eat some of this. He needed some kindness. He needed some love. He needed some patience, but he really needed some peace. So I offered him God's peace, not my peace. I had my own problems I was dealing with, preaching at different churches. You know, you have no idea. Anyway, another story, another day. <laughs> Religious people. Oh, what do you think? Who do you think the, the Illuminati is? I don't really care about the Illuminati. This man needs some peace. He needs some fruit. So I prayed for him, and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, was all over the guy. I had the joy, too. Let me tell you, I could feel that peace coming right out of the branch. It was beautiful. He started weeping. And I went, he went over there. These people I was with got his number. They got his details and everything. He got that job. The guy got saved as well. I did pray for him, and he asked Jesus Christ to come into his heart. What was that all about? Man, Ed, Pastor Ed, you're a hero. Got nothing to do with me. I'm a branch, just like you're a branch. Let the power of God, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, it's the fruit of the Spirit flow through you and stop restricting the Spirit of God through unbelief or whatever it is, offenses. Let the Spirit of God flow because somebody desperately needs some fruit and they need to eat that fruit off of you, my fellow branches. So how much weight does your testimony have? How, how much weight? And how can you live a much larger life? I want us to stand together. Because I want to ask for all of us, and I've been deeply challenged for this as well, that we want to live in a much deeper place with God. In a, in a simple one word, 
I'm talking about prayer. Why did Jesus go up on mountains, separate himself from the crowd? He went up and prayed all night when he was tired. Came down with power. The other disciples didn't do that. This guy's got a son that needs something cast out. They couldn't cast it out. Kids throwing himself in the fire. They need the, 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 the father needs some fruit. They didn't have it. He says, This this kind comes doesn't come out except through prayer and fasting. Some kind of religious exercise. No, it's abide. Stay. Abide with him. Hang out with him. I don't know, whatever, whatever adjectives I can muster up here. He just wants to spend time with you. Call it prayer. Carve out some time. Go for a walk on one of our beautiful beaches if you live here in the Sunshine Coast. Get up early. It's well worth it. Abide in me and I abide in you. When we have that fellowship one with another, you'll ask what you wish. It'll be done. No problem. So I'm asking all of us, and if you're watching online, I'm asking all of us to increase our abiding God time called prayer. I'm asking all of us to think about how much time am I really giving God so that he can flow through me, his word, so that there could be massive amounts of weighty fruit, the glory, so that hungry, desperate, hurting people, if they come in contact with me, they've come in contact with the peace of God, with the righteousness of God, with the joy of God, with the love of God, with all the fruit of God. So I want us to close our eyes right now this is not about guilt and condemnation. Please wash that away right now. This is about a hunger. This is about a thirst. I'm tired of playing church. Then don't play church. Get a prayer life. You'll never play church. Where's the power in the church? Where's the power in you? Because <laughs> that's how much power there's going to be in the church. This is not a, you cannot point the finger except you point back at yourself and go, how much time am I spending in the Spirit of God abiding? Abiding in the vine, abiding in the vine. Love, joy, peace. He has made it mine. It's an old song. Pastor Brian, don't sing it. <laughs> he knows it though. Father, I just thank you right now that every one of us would take up the joyful challenge to abide in you, to make it a priority before we do anything else in our morning and even the last thing we do at night and, and all through the day, that we would pray. We'd spend time. We'd spend time in your word getting your thoughts, letting them flow through us, the branch, that we would bear much fruit, that you would get the glory, that the weight of the fruit would be so big that people could not deny the testimony that God must be working in that person. My goodness, there must be a God because look at them. 
And I thank you for that. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, you've never made him Lord, I'm going to give you a chance for right now. So I want you to pray this prayer with me, and we're all going to pray this together. And I'd like you, if you mean this, then you're going to follow on with him. There will be a change. You'll turn away from other vines to the true vine. You'll bear fruit in your life. If you want that right now, just pray this prayer. This is not a formula. Pretty well goes the same every week, but I don't apologize for that. It's giving your heart to God. So pray this after me. Say, Dear God, I thank you for forgiving me. Jesus, I give you my life. You are my Lord. I will follow you and abide in you. You are the the vine. I am the branches. Bear much fruit through me in Jesus' name. And come on, somebody said, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.